Airplane mode? Yeah. Pull down from the top right corner. I got it. I know. Do you know how to do that? Easy Yes, though? I know how to do that. Okay. Seemed uh, like you pushed a lot of buttons there just to... No, I was looking at Connor Barwin sent me a note. It said, oh, okay. go Cougs. Did I ever tell you when I said hi to him before this Philly game? No. This year? Yeah, because you just mentioned, like, if you do see Connor, you know, yeah, tell him sure. hello. And I went, you know, we had masks on, you know, all that. But I, you know, I said, hey, uh, Connor, you know, I said, I said, I'm Wes Phillips. I'm Wade's son, you know, just want to say hi. And he goes, oh. And he just, like, gave me a big hug. He's mm -hmm. just like, I love your dad. How's he doing, you know? So. Anyway, what did he just hugged you? Oh yeah, he just gave, yeah. like gave me a big hug. And yeah, he's he's a great guy. He's, I mean, high up there already. I mean, he's shot right up the. Yeah. I mean, I think he was in in on the no. interviews. Yeah, he was. I'm Wade Phillips, and I'm Wes Phillips. We're past and present coaches here to bring you an insider's perspective on the teams, the people, and the personalities that we've encountered. Over time. So we left off uh, talking through some of these Hall of Fame players, and we left off in Buffalo talking about the great Bruce Smith. Uh, a few guys on the other side of the ball that were pretty pretty decent players in their own right. Uh, Jim Kelly, uh, Thurman Thomas, uh, Andre Reed, all on those teams uh, when, we, when we went to Buffalo. What are your memories of, of those guys? Yeah, the K-Gun offense. Jim Kelly was certainly bright enough to call the game at the line of scrimmage, you know, to get the ball to, to Thurman and Andre. I mean, well, four straight Super Bowls. Just getting to one is tough enough, but to get to four and get to four in a row was pretty amazing. And, you know, to miss one one field goal, they would have won it all. They were, they were a phenomenal team, and a lot because those three guys, those were the dominant players uh, at their positions, too. They were something. Jim Kelly, he played his for the Houston Gamblers a couple of years, and then Buffalo picked him up. He, he again, they knew he was a good quarterback when they got him. He went to University of Miami, and he's what I call a linebacker mentality of playing quarterback. He's always he's what I wanted to be. Mm. <laughs> I was a linebacker playing quarterback. He was a quarterback with linebacker mentality in that he was tough as nails. I mean, I, I'm not sure he couldn't have played linebacker. He threw an interception one time on the sideline and hit the guy and it broke his leg. They had to carry him off. I mean, he, <laughs> I was standing right there. I mean, it was a big hit. Of course, he went through some rough times and, and shows what kind of toughness he has and with all the problems he's had. But as far as a player, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't get a tougher guy than him at a quarterback. I don't believe. And and maybe just the perfect the perfect guy for Buffalo. I mean, I know he's a I believe he's a Pittsburgh guy. I know right. he's a Pennsylvania guy, but <laughs> just just for the mentality of Buffalo, and then and then also the skill set, big strong arm guy who could spin it through the through the conditions, the wind, big hands, cold weather, those types of things. Sometimes I don't know that people really think about when you're thinking about drafting someone. Um, how those things can be a factor if you're coaching at Miami and you're picking a guy that's a big overweight guy or the, I mean those things do factor in a little bit the conditions and particularly you know with a quarterback and now they've got a big kid there Josh Allen you know big hands big mm -hmm. big guy who can kind of with a big arm who can kind of get it get the ball through any conditions. I think I think that's something to think about if you're drafting in a place like Buffalo. Yeah, not only the quarterback but the punter and the field goal kicker. 
And those are tough conditions, and you need a certain type. Like you said, you got to have a, a certain type guy because of the conditions, man. It, it kick and field goals there and, I mean, and punts, those guys, that's a big-time job. And, and being quarterback there, just like you say. Well, one of the reasons why the, the indoor there is such a large facility was uh, because Marv Levy was the head coach when they when they built it and you know being a special teams background and just having a uh, I think it was just just kind of a common sense but an awareness that hey we're going to be in this thing a lot and our punters and kickers are not going to be able to get the work they need throughout a season if this is a normal bubble where a lot of those punters they'll kick it right into the roof, you know. I mean, you're not going to get a chance to catch punts, to punt, to do kickoffs, full field kickoffs. I mean, so they have a huge indoor facility that's full 100-yard field with with room on the sides and it looks like a giant airplane hangar. Right, and Marv actually lasered the height of the punter that we had and made sure it was above that, made sure that the roof was above that. So his background made a difference there, and it certainly helped the kickers and the and the punters to be able to at least practice. I mean, like you say, you, you can't practice in one of those bubbles with those guys very well. You know, I, I didn't have a ton of interaction with uh, Thurman Thomas. Uh, just I was in high school at the time when we were in Buffalo there, but I do remember him him telling the story about when he was a senior at Oklahoma State and uh, you know I mean he was already a first team I think it was the Southwest Conference then I mean he was first team all conference he's I think maybe all-american or honorable men you know he's a great player there oh yeah and he was talking about you know Barry Sanders who ended up winning the Heisman there at Oklahoma State but I just remember I just happened to be on the bus and just happened to hear him talking to somebody about Barry and he said hey no matter how tired I got no matter how bad I felt, no matter how much I hurt if somebody hit me, and I, you know, he said I was not coming off that field. He said because <laughs> I, I knew that guy could play. Yeah. Well, yeah. Barry was a sophomore when he was a senior. Yeah. Oklahoma State, and but, but I mean, for a guy like him, who's a, a Hall of Famer himself, to say he's like I, I wouldn't get my spot back if I <laughs> if I let this guy on the field. Yeah. yeah. Well, he could recognize talent too. I'd say that for him. Well, yeah. Great, great recognizes great for sure. The interesting thing about him, too, was the draft. Because he was a great player, he, he'd set all kinds of records, and he didn't get taken until the second round on the 40th pick. I remember on TV, and they were showing him, you know, they thought he was going to be a first-round guy, so they kept showing him, and then he'd get lower and lower as they showed him, you know, because he didn't get picked in the first 10 and then the first 20, you know, and then the first 30, and so uh, they finally picked him in the second round. But, but they had found out that he had... A, Physical. When they had the physical at the combine, they found out that he didn't have a, an ACL. He wasn't born with one, and so that physical part dropped him way down. Obviously, it didn't bother him because he could run, still run fast, and do all the things it took uh, to be not only an All-American but a Hall of Fame player. The other thing about him, he's a really smart guy too. I mean, all three of those guys to be able to run that offense, you know, on the line of scrimmage all the time and make all the calls, and Kelly made the pass protection calls and so forth. They were a great team together. Yeah, Thurman, Thurman, I always just remember, if I just picture a run by Thurman Thomas, it's him just having such a knack to get skinny and kind of jumping a little bit 
to skinny through a hole that maybe no one else would have, someone else would have just run into the back of a offensive lineman, you know, and he was great out of the backfield catching oh, the football catch ball, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, but but as a runner, I just thought he had such a knack of kind of getting getting small sometimes and sneaking through places that nobody else seemed like they would have got through. I never did ask Thurman, but I always heard that, that you know, he's from Texas, from Houston and Willow Ridge High School. And I always heard that he, like when in sophomore and junior or sophomore year, he played nose guard. <laughs> I don't know if that was true or not, but <laughs> but I, I never did ask. We'll have to ask him that when I talk to him again. Well, like most of these guys, I mean, especially in high school, it, it doesn't matter really where they played. They, yeah, they're going to be they, good. They're going to be pretty pretty darn good. You know, Andre Reed, my, my memory of him is just, just having giant calves. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, there's a few guys that you just kind of noticed him running around because his calves were about the size of my head, I think. Yeah, he was – of course, he's in the Hall of Fame. You know he's a great player. But he, he was really great at being in the slot. He was a phenomenal slot uh, of course, you know, slot gives you a little bit of advantage because you can kind of go either way. You have more room outside than you do at wide receiver. And then you can still go across and run across and routes. And, uh, so you could really take advantage of that with him. He, um, and he had, you know, obviously had great hands to catch the ball. One game after, uh, I think it was the last game of the season one year, he, he came in and he was mad at me that we had set a record he set the all-time record, I think the Buffalo Bills record. In the game, at the end of the game, we just threw him a hitch pass, you know, out there. And he came in, he was upset. He said, well, I didn't like you doing that, you know. And I said, well, we just wanted you to set the record. And he said, no, I, I didn't like it. He said, I wanted, you know, I wanted to be out there catching the ball to make the record, not, not some gimme. I said, well, sorry about that. You know, it was only a minute left in the game or two minutes or something, you know, and we wanted to get the record for you you know uh hopefully he's still happy about it i don't i don't know but but at that time he wasn't we're a lot different i guess because uh when i was at west texas i was coaching the quarterbacks and uh i think the record for completions in a game was 40 completions something like that it was 39 we were about five completions away and so our offensive coordinator and and me we started calling our shovel pass uh, mm-hmm. Just to just to break the Lone Star Conference record uh, uh, for completions, we were going to get it any which way we could. We didn't care if it was if it was exactly legit. We we said we're going to get this thing, and uh, and we did. We did. So now, when you went to the the Chargers, correct me if I'm wrong, but there weren't any defensive players that you coached that now we're getting later as well, where some of these. Some of the players we will talk about haven't had a lot of time to, to be Hall of Famers. Some of these guys are still playing, even even from these days. Probably not so much with the Chargers, but but you were there with Ladanian Tomlinson. Oh yeah, yeah. He was obviously one of the one of the great backs in in your last year there. I mean, he set the record at thirty one touchdowns yeah, 31 in the season. Touchdown. Yeah, we won fourteen games, which is incredible. Yeah, you know when I went there, they obviously they weren't good, but one of the great draws to the going there was they had some really good off I mean Drew Brees was the quarterback and and Ladanian was the running back and Gates was the tight end you know and we had Vincent Jackson who was the wide receiver I mean we, we had some really good players on off they had the first pick in the draft when I went there so that means you're the worst team in football and that first year we won the division the first year but it was because because of those guys we went to won 12 games and you know our defense was better. I mean, the year before they were four and twelve, we went twelve and four. You know our defense helped obviously, but 
man, when you got those kind of people on offense, if you can just slow them down on defense, you you know you can do something. Now we had some defensive players who were pretty good players. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So great pass rush. Your time there. You you also had uh, Wes Welker. Just kind of another one of those stories where you know a great player ends up kind of slipping through the cracks or somehow getting getting released. And yeah, really, and he got released a couple times. Yeah. It, as a matter of fact, our last preseason game there, we played one year, and we we're playing Arizona. We played them in preseason, and Welker ran the punt back for a touchdown. I don't know how far it was, but it was in that game, and then we cut him. Miami picked him up, so you know we obviously had a lot of wide receivers, but it's still a it's still a kind of a Steve Largent story, you know. Sure, he did great things after he left us. Yes, he did. Just interesting story, I guess, uh, about Ladanian is. Uh, so I, I played at UTEP, as you know, yes. and uh, we were in we were in the Western Athletic Conference at the time, and and Ladanian was uh, playing for TCU. His junior year, 1999, we played at TCU, and he set the NCAA record for most rushing yards in a game. He had mm-hmm. he had 406 yards rushing. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you weren't playing defense. So I'm well, <laughs> uh, you know, it was it was one of those things that before he became LT, and since Lawrence Taylor, no one ever thought there'd be another LT, you know. But, I mean, he was that good. He became another LT. Oh, yeah. Before that happened, you know, it was a story that I would never tell anyone because <laughs> because yeah. I didn't want to relive it. I didn't want to revisit I mean, the guy was just, he would juke one of our guys, run him over. He'd outrun him with speed. I mean, it was like almost every time they give it to him. I mean, if you get 406 yards, almost every time you get the ball, it's a 60-yard run or a touchdown. Yeah. And that record... Uh, actually stood until 2014 when Melvin Gordon rushed for 408 yards and then one week later Oklahoma's uh, Samaj Pirine rushed for 427 yards against Kansas so that record has been broken and I, and I will say this his senior year we played them again and we did much better we held him to 101 yards less than than he got the first time so <laughs> so he only had 305 yeah well there you go Two well, games. Yeah, we're studying. Him, he had yeah. 711 yards in two <laughs> games against us. And I actually, you know, he was such a nice, humble guy. I mean, I talked to him about that. I mm-hmm. said, yeah, I played at UTEP. And, uh, uh, yeah, we, uh, and he said, yeah, yeah, he got, you know, I, I had some pretty good games against y'all, against y'all. You know what I mean? It was just, it was real humble and real nice. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't, but, but, uh, what a great person he is. And, if any, if you listen, or you, I'm sure you can bring it up. If you listen to his Hall of Fame speech, I mean, you'll realize what a great person he is. Uh, what a guy! And yeah, like like I say, we I just kind of walked into having him, and then Drew Brees, you know, was the quarterback. Of course, we got rid of Brees, but we brought in Philip Rivers, so we did okay. Right, I'm sure you know with the numbers he's put up and the amount of wins that he had through his career. I mean, he. he He'll be in that conversation as well, but of course, Breeze is is really a lock to get in. Uh, I mean, was anyone at the time saying, "Hey, Breeze is an undersized guy," right? I mean, but was anyone at the time kind of saying, "What are we crazy? We're getting we're going to take a different guy." You know, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, Marty, we were there with Marty, and when I first got there, of course, the first meeting was, "Hey, I don't care what your contract is. We're all getting fired if we don't do good this year." I went, Oh God! I just signed a contract. I just came here, so we did good. But for some reason, we we didn't think Breeze was going to be the guy. 
He obviously did good the twelve and four year, and then we went nine and seven. He got hurt uh, at the end of the season, and that's when they let him go. But I don't know. You know, it could have been contract. I don't know all the ins and outs of it. You know, that maybe they're going to have to pay him more, and they didn't think he was worth it or whatever. But he he turned out all right after that. So yeah, you mentioned uh, didn't you didn't you have kind of an interesting. Uh first encounter when you were with the Chargers with the owner didn't he come in your office you said you know hi oh, Mr. Yeah. Spanos yeah well not Dean Spanos his dad right who was the owner but never came Dean kind of ran the whole thing but his his dad never came around I, uh, I didn't see him very much maybe that's the only time I saw him but the first day I came in uh, they were excited about getting me there uh, reputation wise or whatever and Dean especially was and so he brought his dad, and we were in the office when the defensive staff was in the office, and he brought his dad in with him, you know, and he wanted him to meet me and said, hey, Dad, this is your new defensive coordinator, Wade Phillips. He didn't say anything to me. He didn't say hello. He just said, you boys better get it going because <laughs> the defense was bad, you know, and they brought mm-hmm. in a new staff. But you boys better get it going. <laughs> that was all the owner said to us. He turned around and walked out. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> we mm-hmm. said, yes, sir, is right. That's great. Uh, and, uh, you know, on that team now, I, I can't I can't go without mentioning Sean Merriman. He was a force on the field. Now, he's he's still one of the best players I've, I've ever coached, athlete-wise and hard worker and had that same stuff that all the great ones have. Now, you know, it was a steroid period where he did get – he did have to lay out four games one year because of steroids, and I, I don't know the ins and outs and all that, but I do know he had 16 sacks in 12 games that year and and was dominant after that and blew up some players. I mean, he knocked out some players. I mean, he hit so hard. Now, he was really fast, really strong, but what he did was he worked harder than everybody else. When they were lifting weights, he was going to lift weights longer. When they were running, the, we were running sprints with him, He's going to run extra. He did more all the time. And I, I learned that about players that some of them just want it more than anybody else. And he really did. And, and it, that impressed me. That impressed me about him. And we had Sean Phillips on the other side. And I think we had 70 sacks I don't know, uh, the one year, which was. Well, yeah, Sean Phillips was, was young. And then I remember you had Steve Foley as well, who right. had. 12 sacks, I believe, right. one year. And, yeah. and, I mean, this was a guy that Texans, I think, had, yeah. were going to pay the minimum, and, you know, you, you paid him a little bit more. He ends up having 12 sacks. Right. And, of course, you know, his career gets cut short. Oh, yeah. You know, getting shot by an undercover off-duty cop or something, you know. Right. Yeah, something tragic. crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, really bad. Ends his career. But, I mean, he, he, was, a, he was a force yeah, well, he as well. Big, yeah, he was a big-time player, and Merriman was even bigger. <laughs> yeah. You know, and faster. Lights out. Yeah, lights out, yeah. And a good guy to go. But like I say, he, he was such a hard worker. I mean, you, you see why guys are successful. Steroids aside, I don't know all that side of it, but I do know he played as hard as anybody, and he— he worked as hard as anybody to get where he was, and he was he was he was pretty dominant. Well, just because you uh, you mentioned steroids, I mean, throughout your career, obviously, you know, you kind of hear these stories, these old stories of kind of the steroid era, maybe the early '70s, or I mean, there's stories. How much of this is true of just steroids being out on the out on the table or these things like that? Was that ever something you know throughout your career, or did you guys? Mm. 
know a lot about, hey, this is no, a steroid I'm, guy. I was probably naive, you know, in that area. Now, I do know that trainers, doctors, pills and stuff, there was an era there where there was stuff that shouldn't have been given out, I think. Uh, you know, again, I was never uh, privy to it, really. You know, you hear stories and so forth. but And, you know, they would shoot players up when they probably shouldn't have. You know, stuff like that happened, I know. Yeah, all that changed for the better, certainly. Sure. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, you get some of these guys that, and, and they they think they're helping their career, but a lot of times they're just getting injured more, the, the guys that are really doing a lot of the steroids you know some some of the things i think some guys are doing performance enhancement type drugs for recovery trying to recover faster is kind of what it it seems like it's gotten more to now than than a bunch of guys doing steroids yes because i think just technology now and stuff people know more about getting stronger and faster without drugs just practice how to how to how to run faster how to how to jump higher, all that stuff. They work at it and get better at it. That's helped too, I think. All right. When we went to the Cowboys, both of us, uh, we had a wide receiver there from uh, Tennessee, Chattanooga. Yeah, remember him. Quite a personality there. Uh, <laughs> uh, all one of the all-time personalities, that's for uh, sure. Terrell Owens. It just keeps the theme kind of keeps popping up in my memory of him. And I was actually quality control, and I was in a lot of the. In a lot of those receiver meetings, just you know, helping assist with the receiver coach at the time and uh, throwing some of the drills, you know, to T.O. and those guys. And but uh, we would go through a whole practice, and after practice, I mean, padded practice, full pads, go through a full, you know, two-hour practice, and then after a practice, he would take his pads off, and you look over, and he was wearing a, a weighted vest. He'd wear like a 15-pound weighted vest underneath his his regular pad and and he practiced hard now oh, yeah. now he wasn't going to block in the run game and you know one of his famous quotes what i heard him say at one point was maybe the line coach at the time and said hey blocking is about want to said, you're right blocking is about want to and i don't want to hmm. uh, so um so you know you weren't always going to get that kind of effort from uh, in the run game but as far as trying to perfect his craft and really just grinding as far as his work ethic it was it was pretty impressive yeah that's what i look at with a lot of guys is they say well this guy isn't that or he didn't this but to me a hard worker is redeeming they have redeeming value if they really work hard you can let some something slide because they work hard at what they're doing, and they work hard. To me, that's a team. It's, it might be selfish, but still, it's doing it for the team. You're you're getting your team better if if you got hard workers, and if they're a hard worker, I mean, I don't believe in letting people run the show or anything like that. But I do believe that you got to give some guys a little slack if they're people say uh, guys that aren't aren't the right kind of guy. But if they really work hard at what they're doing, I can deal with that. You know, mm-hmm. now if, if they're sliding on everything and they don't, they don't, you know, they don't want to work hard. That's the kind of guy I think hurts your team. Right, I, I agree with that. Um, T.O. was going to say things. He was going to talk. Mm-hmm. He was going to be kind of active in the media. And um, in all fairness, I'll say that not everything that he said was was always wrong. 
some of the things he said were right, but maybe just not the best best choice of, of airing it out all the time. But he had such a strong personality that guys followed him. He was a, a leader. And, and, and he was at a point, too, where guys looked up to him for the career he'd already put together. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was a great player. He's a physical specimen. He, was, he made a lot of plays for mm-hmm. us. And I don't want to cut Randy Moss, but I saw Randy Moss stand on the line of scrimmage when he was supposed to block. I mean, he never even went down the field to block anybody. I mean, you look at one guy one way and another guy the other way, but you say Terrell didn't block anybody, but Randy Moss wouldn't even, he wouldn't even act like he was going to attempt to block. Well, uh, Terrell did that some sometimes too. I know, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, though. I mean, it's like... But you know, you know when he did, when he did block, though, okay, so he, he did do some blocking. It was... A, it was He'd be kind of on the backside, or or you run to his side. I mean, part of part of just him being him. You know, teams would roll the coverage, so they have a corner and then a deep safety over the top. So now you've got two two guys. They're not rotated down to that side, and and we ran a lot of plays to that side. And so he he softened the defense just just by being out on the field to run the football. But if a back ever broke out in the open or a receiver ever broke out in the open he would take off it's it's like being first in the in the last wind sprint i i always hated those guys right because <laughs> you should be working busting your ass every other wind sprint and by the end you shouldn't be going that fast and, you shouldn't the, and, be tired, and yeah. the coaches i always hated when the coaches would praise that guy you know the last one oh look at what he did it's like no, no what about us over here we yeah. so when a, when a run would break out, T.O. would just take off. And then the announcers would say, oh, God, what great effort by Terrell Owens to get that block, you know, the last block right at the right at the end. I, I think he's just showing off his speed. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's definitely uh, talked about and was talked about the whole time he was there and the whole time he was in Philadelphia. But he was a Hall of Fame talent, and they finally gave him his due there. They did, yeah. He's... Uh, kind of famously decided not to attend yeah uh, but uh which is is just very to you know sure. I, just but uh but definitely a great player and 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 we got a lot out of him for the for the years years we had him there one guy when you went to the Tex, texans one guy i thought was just just kind of worth talking about just because I think it can be hard sometimes uh, coaching a guy who's been a great player kind of at the very end of his, the very tail end of his career. When you're with the Texans, I mean, you, you coached Ed Reed for a small amount of time. Right. And Part of a season, that was it. Right. He was brought in. It was a weird thing, right, you, for, for any of these guys that have played so great at one place and then they, and then they change teams, they're in a different jersey. Now he's in a different system, and you know, really, we all know that at some point, every every athlete is going to lose a step at some point, right? I mean, sure. it's just yeah, just that's part of just part of being an athlete. It's part of being a professional athlete that you can't play forever. I mean, you can play a long time in some cases, but you can't play forever. He he kind of spoke out at the time. He made some comments after a game that. Defense not a good fit for a lot of people. Or after he was let go, he'd said, "You guys got outplayed, outcoached, whatever it may be." And but uh, how was that situation? I mean, how difficult is that? I know you had a lot of respect for him. Yeah, I really did. Um, I, I was disappointed that he would say that, but 
you know, he didn't see it from my side. Uh, he really couldn't play anymore, play at his level, certainly. He's a Hall of Fame player. And, uh, I mean, I felt like, I mean, I'd vote for him. I didn't get to vote, but I'd vote for him in the Hall of Fame. He deserved to be in the Hall of Fame for his previous career. But he lost some speed. He lost a step or two, whatever it was. And he was known for taking chances. But he made great decisions taking those chances when he's playing at Baltimore. Well, when he got to us, he, he it was more like guessing and not being in the right place and not being in a help and those kind of things, which I thought. And so I and we, I mean, our defensive staff all felt the same. I mean, we just felt like he couldn't contribute anymore, and so we let him go. And he he got upset about it and said some things and said a lot of things about me, which I have to think he he wasn't looking at it from a coaching standpoint. Rex Ryan took him back, and he played there the rest of the season. And, and that was it. Yeah, and they didn't bring him back. So sure. it wasn't like I was the only one that thought – he wasn't able able to contribute, and part of it was contribute like he used to. He just wasn't at that level anymore, in my opinion, and obviously the rest of the league's opinion after that year. Well, and and whoever the player is, it can be really hard to accept if the role is different too. Some players would still be productive players and could stay in the league, but maybe they've had such a career and they've been so good that. They're unwilling sometimes to be in a different role, whereas a, maybe he's not playing in every personnel grouping, and maybe he's more of a, a role player. And then sometimes you ask those role player type guys, you know, they're usually guys that are younger and that are playing special teams, and now you're not getting that, that production from them. Kind of hard to go back to having a lesser role when you fought your way up and then become the guy or, or just always been a great yeah, player. Yeah, and I think changing teams too, you know, that it's always different there. But there's a reason they they let him go. You know, I think the Ravens let him go. I mean, so it wasn't like they, they were going to keep him. So he wasn't really upset with them for some reason. But normally the team, that if they let you go, you're upset at that team. And actually we had a pretty good safety named Glover Quinn who – who we ended up letting go to sign Ed Reed. Uh, Glover played several more years at a pretty pretty yeah, high level. Absolutely. Uh, and you know we said we didn't have the money to keep Glover, and then we signed Ed Reed for five million. So you know that didn't work out well. Yeah, I, I actually have your quote here from after after all that went down. You said from what what I can gather, I don't think he's going to ask me to induct him in the Hall of Fame uh, to give the Hall of Fame speech for him. But when he does go in the Hall of Fame, wherever I am, I'm going to be clapping my hands and saying, well-deserved, because he's been a great player in this league. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's yeah. that's how it was and how it is. As you went to your second stint, didn't coach coach him directly, but uh, I know you had a good relationship uh, with him. And, uh, and of course, what a career he's had. Uh, Paid Manning, who, who will be inducted uh, this year into the Hall of Fame, obviously, uh, first round pick 1998 first round uh, for the first pick of the draft for the Colts and had the great run with the Colts and then you end up being with him in Denver and, and winning a Super Bowl uh, I've had a chance to hear him talk a couple times and he's talked to our team and uh, just the the leadership the, the business approach I mean the whole the whole thing I mean he, he's got He's got such a great way about him. What What are your memories of, of just, just working with yeah, him? Yeah, the great leadership quality, I think, is that, and he's funny on commercials. But He's uh, great. Yeah, he does a great job. Yeah, no, he's got a good sense of humor and uh, just a great person overall. But, of course, I knew his dad, you know, Archie, 
We had him in New Orleans, and this comes from the right kind of people, and he's the right kind of person. But he had a really great grasp of the game. He knows knows football. He knows he knows his offense uh, as good as a coach. You got all that, and then all all the rest of the players that played with him had great confidence in him. That's well, hard to get. Well, yeah. I mean, there, there's some great stories about. I don't know if all of them are true, but just his just his time in Indianapolis. Apparently, he walked in there and had like a briefcase, had his own office there, a setup where he could watch the tape. I mean, there's stories of him going in, the great old line coach Howard Mudd, like going in there and and telling him, "Hey, we need to do this. Hey, we need to pick up this blitz like this." When your quarterback is coming to your coaches and 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 studying film like that and and, and putting that kind of time into it i mean it just and he did the same thing at denver in his last year and yeah uh, his last year playing he's still doing the same thing he had his yeah i can remember he was in the offices and talking with the offensive staff or the offensive coaches or or with gary about you know we want to do this this week against so-and-so and how we want to do it uh, they were always talking i wasn't in those meetings because we were trying to put a defense together but uh, but i know i knew he was around and i knew he's doing exactly what you said yeah well, kind of wrapping up here, just just the whole Hall of Famer thing. I just wanted to mention too. Uh, you know, obviously we we talked we've talked about some of their traits. I mean, how hard some of these guys work, and they have this drive, and, and they always want to get better, and they're physically specimens. And and I always thought that was the most glaring when you meet one of these Hall of Famers who's who may be old, or maybe the when I was working for. Uh, Washington or Dallas, you know, some of the old Hall of Famers come back. Some of the guys at Dallas, like Bob Lilly, walks in the room. And, and, you know, when you see these guys, like, you kind of realize that that this is, I mean, it's it's a it's a game for giants, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you meet these guys that are Hall of Fame players and you shake their hand and their hand, you know, wraps around yours twice and their head's giant head and, you know, <laughs> broad shoulders and just, I mean, just just big humans. Yeah, and they have this, they still have that spark in their eye too. You mean, you can say, wow, I, I understand a little bit by looking at the guy. What, what is he's well, yeah. focused on? So, I mean, he's, well, even some of the old guys, yeah, yeah. you're like, I, I would not mess with that guy. That's you know, right. like he's yeah. 70 years old and, yeah. and I want nothing to do with that guy. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've certainly uh, been been around a lot of great ones, and uh, it was great to, to get to uh, cover all those guys. Maybe in an upcoming uh, episode, maybe we can talk about some of the guys that, that are going to be Hall of, Hall of Famers. Yeah, you know, there's definitely you, some of that, those, too. That you've coached yeah. as well, yeah. so that'll be for another time. All right, look forward to it.